Hello world, welcome to the Football Roundtable, the place where you can find news and opinions on the Premier League as well as some talk around the rest of Europe. Remember to click that follow button on our Spotify page and make sure to check out my football blog, topflightfootball.net. There should be an article up tomorrow based on the uh, Roundtable FC's decision on Premier League Team of the 2000s. Should be a good one, so go give that one a read. I also created a Twitter page for the podcast. It's called Roundtable Uncensored. It's under the Twitter handle at RoundtableU. I repeat, at RoundtableU. Make sure to check all of them out. I appreciate all the support. My name is Kevin Schur, and my guest today, Matthew Poma. First first rule, which I forgot to tell you, is we don't cuss because this, this is a podcast for the children. And second, we don't say soccer, we say football. So that's first things first. Yeah, I love but, it. Um, probably the first thing that I found out about you, which I thought was incredibly interesting, is that you, along with your brother, who has worked with the U.S. youth women's team and now currently works with the U.S. men's national team, you guys are extremely involved in the data analytics of the game. Now, what would you say is the importance of data analytics and how does it contribute to what happens on the pitch? Uh, well, first of all, the importance of it, uh, it really kind of helps you go in depth to, to understand the game a little bit more. Uh, there's a lot of statistics out there, like, for example, just like shots and shots on target, where people use that to say, yeah, this team dominated the match. They had all these shots. But in reality, that doesn't tell you anything. And that's why I really love analytics, because it goes into like uh, like expected goals. It kind of goes into... Uh, were they good shots or bad shots? And that's right. when I really like the the analytics side because, like like I said, it really helps you understand the what actually happened. And I mean, it, it can be used in a lot of sports, but I mean, uh, football especially. It just you know, it's it's a really uh, intense game that it doesn't really get the credit that is due by people that don't understand the game because so. Right little things happen and analytics keeps track of all of that. Right. Is that what you hope to be doing after you graduate? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, my, my ultimate goal is to go in, go into sports marketing and kind of do it for a soccer team, uh, pre- preferably a, a pro team. Right. And, uh, I, I also love coaching and but well, something I'd love to do for the rest of my life is kind of just coach youth soccer on the side and, you know, maybe if I end up being good enough at that, then I could even just be a soccer coach in general. And even even now, my first year coaching, I definitely use my knowledge of analytics to my right. knowledge of analytics to kind of teach everyone a little bit of a different side of the game they've never looked at. And so far, I've gotten a great response from the teams I've worked with. And that's, yeah, I certainly do want to be in soccer one way or another throughout my life. Right. So two of us, for obviously Matthew's first time on the podcast, we both go to JMU, uh, we lived in the same building, and we all kind of got introduced to the whole Roundtable squad. He is now a new member of the group, and I forgot to mention this in the beginning in the intro, but we had a fantastic idea that along Matthew is also going to start writing for the blog at his own pace, you know, whatever he wants to put out, but he's going to start putting stuff out, and that's brilliant. And also, we had potential ideas of starting a YouTube channel, and we would be, you know, playing FIFA 20 career modes or Football Manager 2020 career modes, 
either or, possibly even both. You know, we were going to get an editor and make the videos look really good. So you guys, I know during the quarantine, this could be really boring. But now you might have the opportunity to listen to us talk all the time and and read all of our stuff. And now you can watch us play video games. So I know that's super duper exciting. And you guys can you guys are going to be jumping up in the air for that. But hopefully that that's coming out soon. We'll keep you guys updated. But if you support that decision... You guys obviously know where to contact me. It's on the blog contact me page. You can contact me there. I'll check my emails and I'll get back to you. But other than that, you know, you are a Spurs fan. And uh, yeah, that must, you know, I sort of think about that. That might be a little tough. Uh, I mean, right now, right now it's tough, but we've had our moments, you know, it's been, it's been a good ride so far. And when did this ride begin for you at least? Uh, I just, I would I I kind of put it in two start points. Uh, when I started to to start like really following the game of football was around I want to say right before Pochettino got hired when Tim Sherwood was there. Uh, I'd say probably that spring was when I started watching soccer more, uh, watching football more. And uh, you know I I first just started watching a bunch of matches and kind of just getting used to my new Saturday morning routine. And then there was there was just this this one club, I, and I loved the passion of the fans. I loved how how the the atmosphere of the stadium was and the fans, and that that club was Spurs. And obviously, obviously, White Hart White Hart Lane at the time was probably a crazy crazy thing to uh, to get into. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was. I know. I think the new stadium is as well, but. Certainly, the uh, the old White Hart Lane, the the crowd was the closest out of any Premier League club, and it really helped to kind of just have everyone immersed in the game, and I mean, really create a great atmosphere. And that's that was one of the reasons that I love football to begin with is because it's a it's an all encompassing game, and I mean, no matter what, there's passion there. And right. I, I just really felt like excited to watch that team play, and then when it got to that offseason, I was like, I just want to pick a team and stick with it. And it really wasn't that hard of a decision because they were my favorite team to watch. And I was a neutral fan. So it kind of started from there. I bought I bought my first football jersey ever and it, it right. really took off. Yeah. So what year what year did this all begin? Back in – when did Pochettino get hired? Uh, 2013, I think. I think it was the 2013-14 season, but yeah, so that's about it was a while. Yeah, it's about a year after me. Um, I was like a year before the, uh, you know, I hate to call it this, but the slip season. I hate it was a year before that, mm. and uh, ever since. And now we meet again, just half a year, almost actually almost a year after the uh, lovely, lovely day in Madrid. <laughs> both of our both of our teams clashed. You know, it was a cin- I guess it was. I wouldn't say it's a Cinderella story for either team, or for I mean, probably for Spurs. But the way the way both of us got there was just yeah. just crazy. You know, I know my parents. My parents and I were were literally having talks. If we weren't in school, you know, my my parents were even were just looking into plane tickets. But then they were like, "This is ridiculous. This is way too much money." But the fact that they even entertain the notion of that means that. I think I'm going to get over to Merseyside pretty soon. Um, hopefully I'll get over there. You know, that's yeah. something that's on my bucket list. Wait, so, so I mean, 
I'm sure I'm sure you're gonna have a little bit of bias in this question, but I mean, but honestly saying what what uh what ride to the final uh last season was more uh I'd say for a neutral fan would have been more exciting. Like, Pro- you, probably you, Spurs, honestly, because because Spurs had a harder run. So they had they had City and I mean, and they have an, I, an Ajax team that beat Madrid and Juventus. Yeah. So See, they and beat the reigning champions and Ronaldo. Don't really give us enough credit for that because, like, when Ajax was there, everyone was saying, wow, Ajax is so good. They're legit. Look at these teams they beat. And then Spurs beat them. And it, the narrative immediately changed to, uh, oh, Ajax was overrated. Ajax. Right. And, I mean, really, that entire season, Spurs never got the credit that was due. I mean, without without our. Without Harry Kane, I'd say, I'd say it was pretty impressive that uh, we made it that I far. S- and I still have way- no idea why. I mean, you get hold on, finish your statement real quick, and then I'll go. Oh, oh no, I'm, I was done. I was just saying it was incredible how we made it without Harry Kane, like like at all. Especially, then, especially like the, after Pep would always call us the uh, the Harry Kane team. It was nice to uh, to knock them out of the Champions League and along the way without him. That was a crazy game. I watched the whole thing again on um, the Bleacher Report in Bleacher Report <laughs> Football in uh, YouTube. It was crazy. I, I love how they're doing that. I know on the last podcast with my friend Nick, I really wanted them to do Bar- Barcelona Bayern Munich the first leg, and uh, and I and they did it the next day. So um, I was happy about that. I watched that whole thing, except no Martin Tyler on the call, which kind of pissed me off, and that's kind of the big thing. Um, but I lost my train of thought. Oh, right. How do you feel about them starting Harry Kane in the final? Because I know that was an interesting call because they made yeah. it basically yeah. the whole way without him. And I know at the time I was thinking, uh, like, you can't not start him. Because, I mean, hey, like, Harry Kane is, is Tottenham and Tottenham is Harry Kane. So it was... I mean, he. I mean, we wouldn't be where we are today without him, you know. Right, so it right. was, and personally, I I think we would have been better off not starting him because I mean, we got there, we got there on the back of uh, Fernando Llorente knocking the ball down the son of Lucas Mora, mm-hmm. who would who would put it in on counterattacks. So, right. I I do think we would have been better off not starting him. But at the same time. I mean, what are you gonna do? Not start Harry Kane, you know? Right. I mean, I feel like that's like that's the same thing with with any club. Like, if if Barcelona made the Champions League final without uh, Lionel Messi, or Liverpool made the Champions League final without uh, Salah, and then you make the final, and that guy is ready to play, like that, like from a Spurs fan's perspective, that's how we see it because. Like, and I'm not at all saying Harry Kane is as good as those players, but he is our best player, just like those guys are their best players. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, whenever someone asks me that question, I say, like, if you made the final without your best player, would you start your best player? Right. So, so now I will ask you that. Like, if you, if Liverpool made the Champions League final this season and Salah didn't play a single knockout game, would you want him starting that Champions League final or not if it was his first game back? If I was the manager, is what you're asking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first off, 
it depends on how much rest he's had in between, like, him being cleared in the game, in the match. Mm-hmm. And But if it was, like, I'd, I'd probably just keep him on the bench and bring him on at halftime if things weren't going well. Especially if we were, like, playing Spurs. Like, I know we played, like, absolute garbage, you know, mm-hmm. that game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, you can even see, like, the impact of some of the people we have on the bench, like a bench player scored the, you know, the, the goal to like yeah. cl- clinch the game basically, you know? And I think, Origi. I think Origi is very, he's a very comfortable substitute, you know? He is. He, um, and, and I mean, he's that, he's that kind of player too, you know, and he, he's right. not the most consistent, but he's definitely a guy off the bench where he comes in and like, it, it's almost like expected that he's going to get that goal. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting game. I know we popped out the champagne afterwards. And um, yeah, I started to think, like, what's the ceiling for us? But before I, before I even go into that, what I think, I am super curious what Spurs have to do to change to start winning again. <laughs> uh, first off. Uh, Not again. Don't hire Jose Mourinho. <laughs> That's what I'd say first yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I understand why we did it. I do understand why we did it, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm just waiting for a year from now, a bunch of Spurs fans, like, why do we hire Mourinho? And then I'll be sitting there like, yeah, I think everyone in the world saw this coming. Right. When he, when he tanks our club culture and all our stars want to leave because they hate him. Well, it's uh, just, it, his style I just I don't think it fits anymore. Like yeah. it barely it barely worked for his last title, which was in, um, it was I think uh, the year before Leicester, which was twenty fourteen, maybe. I yeah, think that, sure. that was I think it was twenty fourteen. Um, it was like with Diego Costa and Willian were like in their prime, mm-hmm. and. God, I can't believe that's like six years ago. That's crazy. It doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Um, the 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 newer gen, generation systems had just come out for video games. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his style, I just I don't think it works anymore. It's too yeah. slow. It's grab the one goal and then sit back for the rest of the game. And I don't think that works when I mean, we have such powerful wingers and you know, you know, uh superstar teams you know super teams like psg and all them they're just going to charge at you like this you know oh yeah not every every team's norwich and 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 honestly like i feel like that too sorry i'm I'm a big uh, i'm a big analytics guy but i feel like that also ties into the emergence of, of analytics in football because that that's only recent as well and i feel like once teams started to realize oh you know maybe against teams like Mourinho, we shouldn't be drilling shots from 25 yards you know we should just take our time breaking them down instead of right finding that pocket of space and letting the goalie save it you know they're so, not ru- they're not rushing why should we yeah exactly like because i think when uh when Mourinho was at porto a long time ago like, i've watched videos on that before especially when we hired him and like i mean he he's doing kind of the same things with us that i did with them but but back then teams were like teams would be like oh have a pop and then you shoot it from 25 yards but now teams I mean, especially teams like uh, Klopp's Liverpool, 
you know, he's built a team that's that they've got pace, they've got power, and they can they can finish the ball, you know. So mm-hmm. that that alone, you can get into the box much easier now, and right. uh, and teams like understand that more, and they actually try to do it, and I think that's a big contributor into why it's not working anymore. And I mean, the games we won, we didn't sit back and we attacked, and then I mean against. Against against uh, Liverpool, that that game I think it was one nil Liverpool. Which one? Uh, the one the one this year, uh, it was at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it was just I, a I Firmino was, goal. It was just a Firmino goal. Yeah, and then uh, Lo Celso missed like a wide open net to equalize, and then the like the right, line. right. It was like yeah, right. Like I, I mean. That. Was this I the mean, one where like where like Firmino was in the box and he kind of took it across his body, and then he like hit it with the left into the right side? Yeah, yeah, that one. Okay, that one. okay, yeah, I was on your floor for that. <laughs> but I know, but like there was there's games like that where we haven't played the complete Mourinho way, and we've actually come out of our shell and we like tried to play, and that's what, and I mean we played with Liverpool for the entirety of that match, and. I mean, you you watch games like that, and then you watch us bunker in against against Yako. Barely win against Villa in the ninety third minute, you know, in like a in a shootout, which is like three two, you know. But I think with someone like Mourinho, like I don't think you're good enough of a manager anymore to just for the system to always work. Like Mm -hmm. Pep Pep has had the same system since oh five. Yeah. You know, and and he's like, he brought it to City and it terrorized the Prem, arguably the the most talented league on the planet or the most challenging league on the planet, you know? And, like, like if Mourinho, like, he's got to realize, like, he's on the same level right now as um, the Bournemouth manager, uh, Howe, (laughs) where it's kind of like you have your your system. uh, one thing you don't know about me is I love I love me some Eddie Howe. Eddie. So I, why I, do you love Eddie Howe, or at least this season? I mean, I I get it, I get why he's a guy that sticks to his um, his tactics. But I think that's what his big problem was this season with Bournemouth is that they weren't getting results, and he didn't know whether to stick it out with his system and see if they could win games or change immediately so to do whatever they could to win games. You know, yeah. and like that's a decision you just have to be able to make as a manager. Oh but, yeah, but I mean, I look at yeah, I look at Eddie Howe, and I see a guy, one who's loyal. I love, I, I love loyalty, you know, like sticking with the club through it, through its ups and downs. I I think that's that's an incredible thing. You don't see that a lot anymore. So that's that's one plus for him for me. Uh, two is he he loves going four four two, and I just think it's interesting to watch. Like you don't really see that anymore. And this guy, he plays. I, I like to call it a dynamic four four two, and he. I mean, it's constantly switching throughout the match, but ultimately the shape remains the same. Uh, he he is willing to switch his system. He, I mean, he he's done it before. He's he's done it to keep Bournemouth up a, a couple years, mm-hmm. a couple years now. Where like if it, if he's struggling trying to do a, a nice possession based system on that four four two, he'll switch to a counter attack. Right. And, and just and start to you know, start to like absorb pressure and play how a a small club like Bournemouth should be playing. But I mean, but one reason I admire him a lot is I mean he has he has his system. 
uh, he likes to, he, he likes to play football in that four four two, and it's I mean I I enjoy it a lot. It's very tra- it's very traditional. You don't see it a lot anymore. I mean, unfortunately, we saw it against Atletico Madrid, or I mean, uh, in the you know from Atletico Madrid, and they played it absolutely perfectly and yeah. and, you know, and beat, beat arguably the best club in the planet play. at the time. Yeah, know? Eddie Howe's link up play is it's through, it's through his wingers. I mean, it's it's very traditional. And yeah, he and just like, doesn't have the talent. I don't think exactly. And it, it, honestly, I don't think he'll ever get the props he deserves until he actually uh, ends up leaving Bournemouth one day. Because I think at a club like Bournemouth, you don't have a stadium big enough to bring in a lot of money, which means you can't bring in better players or you can't build up your infrastructure and all that. And right. I mean, they're I just mean, such a small I mean, club. And, I think they're going to make a little bit of money off of Nathan Ake this summer because. Yeah. I mean, although they bought him back in, what was it, like 2017 from Chelsea, I think they're going to flip, you know, a nice a nice price tag on that. Oh, yeah. He's 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 very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Something I just think up center backs. you have all these small clubs that will stay up a couple of years and then they'll go down. Bournemouth haven't done that. I mean, every year they're, they're, they're consistently mid-table, you're right. Yeah, mid-table. I mean, this is the first year that they've shown Southampton. Yeah, it seems yeah. like Southampton too. Like that, I wouldn't say they're small. I say they're always like a medium-sized club, but I think they're starting to, you know, they're on the back end now. Yeah, you know? oh, and yeah. Um, I think teams like Wolves are going to be here for a while, and hopefully Sheffield United. This isn't just a Cinderella season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a good se- it's been a good season. Such a shame that it hasn't been able to end. Yeah. Hopefully they hopefully they do come up with a plan to end it, or we have you know enough available time with the virus to even, you know, work out a plan and even, mm-hmm. you know, try to do something. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I I really hope they end up uh, finishing the season because uh, it's – I mean, there's it's a lot just, of things that still need to play out, you know. Right, you're right. Relegation, promotion, Champions League, Europa League, uh, player contracts that end in July. I talked about this a lot last week, but – you know, Anna, Anna wrote an article about it. You can check it out on my blog. And, like, there's so much that still needs to be done. Like, a season is just such... It's, to say it's, like, a system with so many running parts that if something breaks down or all of them break down, it, there's, like, all hell could break loose. It's it's not an understatement at all. Yeah, and also, you know? I mean, even with uh, with Man City's ban, you know, like, now fifth place is up right. to the Right, right. You, you have teams like Wolves, Wolves and Sheffield I, United... I, I, year like Wolves Sheffield United Manchester United Spurs and Chelsea are going for that spot I think and 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 Arsenal so there's a lot of teams I don't know about Arsenal (laughs) I I don't know know about Arsenal nothing's impossible but I don't know about Arsenal there are like six solid teams I mean they play really well under under Arteta and I mean I mean then the results were coming like then they had good performances, and eventually they were going to start picking up really good results. And I honestly think Arsenal was an outside shout to get that last spot. I really do. Right. As much as it pains me to say, I am—I pride myself on being an honest guy, and uh, I think Arsenal people were being slept on a little bit. Kind of. I mean, I honestly compare it to how Spurs were slept on the Champions League last season. You know, like you—you you sleep on these teams that are that are hot, and then. No, all of a sudden, right. you know it, right. you're losing at home. And you're like, what the heck just happened? Right. Um, but, yeah, to think, like, 
Sheffield United had a game in hand, and with three points, they'd be in that spot. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, we only have each team only has ten more games, except for Villa, City, and I think Sheffield. Well, yeah, Sheffield. They have eleven, and so the plan was that I read was they were going to do you know the isolation camps. I don't know if you read about that, but um, they do it over the span of like six weeks and. In like June and July, yeah, and yeah. It, it would just be like a summer football fest, like crazy, so crazy that, TV, that, and that would make them so much money too, right? Uh, that's a great idea, right? Um, I think it, it'll be at a time where the virus isn't completely gone, but it's 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 been steeply, you know, it's it's been um, dented for sure, yeah. the damage, you know, it's been mm-hmm. contained. But, um, yeah, but Sky Sports came out today. They said that if the season does end up getting canceled, um, they, like, won't ask the clubs for their money back. You know, which, which yeah. fair play. That's classy. That is. I mean, they went out there on the pitch every, every single weekend and, you know, mm-hmm. played for you. Like, you, you're, you can make it back. Like, you can make the money back. You know, if people got injured, like, serious injuries this past – or this season, you know, like mm-hmm. – it seems like it's all for nothing. It was canceled. Yeah. yeah. So, wh- what is your? Uh, and I, I know I have a thought on this, and I'm I'm pretty set in stone on it. But what do you think about, uh, like, what, how do you think the best way to handle it would be if, like, if they are not able to finish playing? Like, how would you think they should decide the, the, the uh, title? Just, yeah, I mean, the title, the Champions League, relegation, promotion from other leagues, like. Uh. Because I, I I have a very hard opinion on this. I'm just wondering what yours is. I don't know. Like, and and I mean I know for you it's tough because right now your team is in first and they. Well, no, I mean if the season gets canceled, and like, part of me is like if they don't hand us the title, like it's fine, because a I believe that we're at a level that where we can do it again, and it's not like the slip season where it was kind of just like a a one and done you know i like i don't think it's like if we don't win the title this season then everyone's gonna leave like the last time with like suarez and slowly you know sterling and coutinho leaving and a whole era starting over you know i think we have the capability of going back and doing it again next year Mm -hmm. and if they i don't want an asterisk next to our name i don't want them to just end the season early or I don't want them to end like finish off the season in front of no fans and have us win the title like and win the two more games like I don't really want that honestly I'd prefer that the season gets canceled but if they do that I'd rather just like kind of null and void like I like I'd rather because it's not like Villa are a game in hand and they're one win away from being out of the relegation zone and then they they have they have to pay the price for that, you know, because they made the, the the Carabao Cup finals, so they had to get their game rescheduled. Like, I don't think they should have to pay the price. So I think, like, although they put their bodies on the line week in and week out for 28 weeks, you kind of just have to restart with, mm-hmm. like, nothing happened, you know? Like, there's only so much you can do, but I think you kind of just have to restart. Oh, yeah, I agree. Like, honestly, I think, like... If if you're not gonna find a way to play these games and finish mm-hmm. it out, like you have to do null and void, and you just have to say, look, next season the Champions League teams, 
it's going to be the same as the teams that qualified last year. And all, right. all leagues are going to be the same. Every European competition will have the same teams. And then they'll just redraw. Like I mean, of course, they'll redraw the groups and they'll they'll do all that. But wouldn't, I, it, be, I, wouldn't it be crazy if just like on Wikipedia and like 15 years, we look to see like, oh, Champions League winners. It just goes from 2019 to 2021. And, and, like, and then our, our kids will be like, why'd that happen? And then we'll look back on it and be like, oh, man, you have no idea. Flashbacks. That was crazy. PT, yeah. PTSD. Yeah. But, oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I just I can't see a way where they would be able to successfully like use the results from this season to decide it because because it's I mean, not fair. Like, it, the, yeah, the honestly, I don't. Decision, in terms of all that, the easiest decision they could make is giving Liverpool a title because multiple people, including a lot of players on the team, twenty five points behind them, City, have said they deserve it mm-hmm. if the season's canceled. But I mean. If they give it to us, like that's fine. Like, I'll pop some champagne and not incriminate myself on my podcast. <laughs> but you know, like I'll be I'll be fine with it. Like it'll be our first Premier League title in thirty years. It'll be perfectly rounded out at thirty years since our last English top flight title. But a it, it's not the same as it usually would be, and b it seems like we're not properly being rewarded for like the miraculous season that we had like i don't think like since you know in my opinion the season was better than the invincible season like we were definitely a way better team than them they drew like 12 games you know i don't think people give us a lot enough credit like just because we we lost a game they kind of i think they kind of take away how amazing and rare that was oh yeah you know like yeah. you have i mean obviously you have you 100 points I think that was the last time we've seen anything like that. But other than that, I don't think there's been pure dominance in the league other than us this year and City two years ago, mm-hmm. you know, for a while. I think since maybe, like, I don't think it's been, you know, it, it doesn't usually get in the 90s, you know. it. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. And, I mean, honestly, I feel like I don't, I don't really like looking at teams as who was better in uh, – Usually is a better team now because usually the team right. in present day is better than the team ten years ago. Right. However long the was that fifteen years ago? Yeah. What yeah, was? Did the, the invincible season? How long ago was that? I believe I want to say it was oh six. Okay. So, you, so yeah, like let's just say fifteen years ago. I mean, I honestly did the way that uh, athletes are these days and the right. way they have to train like. I mean, really, any of the big six clubs today, I'd say, would probably beat that Invincibles team, just just because like players now are better than they used to be. Right. So. They've evolved. I, yeah, I like looking at things like this as who was better in their day, and was the Arsenal Invincibles better in their day, or was Liverpool now better in their day? And I, I'd still give the nod to Liverpool. It's hard to imagine there's a team that is better than that. You know, but uh, that, that, that's how I like looking at it. Kind of like when people say uh, Pep Guardiola's 2010 to like 12 Barcelona was the best team ever. Like, I mean, yet again, it's still like, let's say 20 years from now, there's a team that's doing what they did. Uh, right. You know, to be and, to be fair, to be fair, I've watched a lot of that team like back mm-hmm. it recently because they played the. Uh, 
I don't know if you watched the United Barca final on Bleacher Board. Yeah, but, I've, seen it. I've seen it. But and then after that game, I just went searching for just game footage, and yeah, they, they are. Really, I have I have that not seen flatters Man United like that was like right. a five no game. That was not a three. It, game. In their defense, they did come out strong, but they never stood a chance. But that is some of the best football I've seen. Oh, yeah. From a team, like from a team, that's the best football I've seen. So I would give them the best team of all time. Yeah, so, that so might far. have been, yeah, that might have been a, a bad example, but right. Yeah. No, because like you even look at the players. You have you know Messi. I, you could say right before his prime, a little bit before his prime. But let's be yeah. real, he's always been in his prime. You know, he's always maybe like maybe like right now he's declining a little bit, but he's still doing messy things. Mm-hmm. You know, prime Iniesta, prime Xavi. You know, you still have Puyol at the end of his career, prime PK, you know, Abidal back from his second cancer, you know, recovery and still at an, really, an amazingly high level of, ta- of skill, you know, um, prime Pedro. Pedro was one of the best wingers in the world when he was in his prime. He was, he was. David Villa, who was also just, you know, so probably so scary to go up against. He, he could finish from anywhere, and and then Messi in the middle as a ten. It's, it's you know, it's it's crazy. You know, and and Victor Valdez. I feel like people forget that he's one of the best Spanish goalkeepers. Oh, yeah. been. Honestly, yeah. probably probably one of the best uh, the best at ball ball distribution uh, goalkeepers as well. Right, he was fantastic at that. He essentially became an eleventh field player for them. Right, and, and it's hard. He's kind of like uh, Ederson today. That, that's who I can. Yeah, Ederson. I think Ederson, it's more Ederson just because it's Pep. But I was just about to say, I love system goalkeepers. Oh yeah. You know, you know, like, and I think you don't even have to be a football supporter to know what that term even means. It's like you're you're not just there to save. Like you're there to, you know, be an eleventh player, as you were saying, and. I love how nowadays there are more of those. I know right now it's probably just three, you know, Allison, Tristegan, uh, Ederson, probably just those three. But, you know, as, as time goes on and the game keeps evolving, you know, these, like, more players are going to get better and they're going to they're gonna retain and possess more skill no matter what position they're playing. Like, in our, in our team of the 2000s, we have Gary Neville and, you know, yeah, he was a great crosser of the ball, extremely passionate for the badge, you know, but he definitely does not possess nearly as much skill as, you know, a, Mar- a prime Marcelo or a hopefully Trent Alexander-Arnold in his prime in maybe a few years, you know. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting how the game evolves. Mm-hmm. And... um you can kind of see stuff like that in, in the article that we kind of came came up to, you know, put together. Yeah, yeah. So I've, let's uh, let's, uh, let's keep this moving. Do you have uh, any other questions for me to let these viewers kind of know more about me? Well, since I am a, since I'm a new addition. Well, I mean, we were going to get that over with on the YouTube channel. You are going to be the most active member. You know, I can't seem to get the other guys on the pod. Unless they're all together. You know, I had two episodes with them. No shade, though. No shade. Everyone's busy. We have three weeks left of school. And then once the summer hits and we're still in quarantine, then that's when content is going to come out like crazy for you guys. 
especially with Matthew and I, I'm hoping to mail one of my, you know, microphone sets to him so that we can both have good audio no matter where we are. And you also you know, keep in mind, uh, like right now I'm not a student because of my, uh, my health reasons. So I, I do have a lot more free time than, than right. everyone else does that's on this podcast. So right. I don't, I, I don't blame them at all for right. not to get on. Yeah, I'm honestly prioritizing this over other stuff and kind of just finding every loophole I can to get my work done. But, well, yeah, you know, honestly, that that's just passion right there. That has nothing to do with right. not wanting to do your schoolwork. That's like, hey, I, I love what I do and I want to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see what time we're at. Um, we're at oh, wow. Perfect time. We're about we're at about 37 minutes. So. You know, I think we can wrap it up there. Guys, thank you so much for watching, or not watching, listening. Again, I mean, I have my football blog, which Matthew is going to be writing for soon. We'll be posting his first article soon. That's topflightfootball.net. We have the Twitter for the podcast, uh, Roundtable Uncensored, or the handle Roundtable U. And then, yeah, obviously the Spotify page with the podcast, Roundtable uh, the football roundtable. So obviously, click a follow on that, and also on the blo- on the blog. Make sure to contact me and give me any advice or any feedback that you have. I'd extremely appreciate it because you know I work hard every day, and I'd love to hear what you guys are thinking. But other than that, we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you if you got this far, Matthew. Give him a peace out. Yeah. See you guys. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, working alongside Kevin. All see right. You. See you guys later. Peace.